Uh, had a few points left over from last week, but I really um, thought we had enough on correction. Uh, if you want to look up in the commentary more of the words and those few more verses deal with it. Um, but we had already dealt with some of them in children and so tonight we're going to deal with the word counsel. Counsel. And we're going to start in Proverbs 11. And in Proverbs 11, oh, I can see already. Right. Verse 14. The Bible says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Father, bless this time we're going to spend looking at this concept of counsel. You've said a lot about it in Proverbs. And it's really something believers need to pay attention to. Might we be a people who understand the need, who understand the need to be cautious in counseling? And for those, those of us who are called upon to give people advice or counsel. Help us to remember they don't need our ideas and our opinions. They need godly counsel, counsel from principles and precepts of your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, maybe you've heard this, but there's a saying that says, there are none so deaf as those who will not hear. A lot of truth in that. Because some people just refuse to hear. Have you ever used the expression, you can talk to him till you're blue in the face? Or you can talk to her, and it's like talking to a wall. Some people just won't hear. Now, there's actually, I guess, maybe four kinds of people. When you look at this idea, this subject of counsel. First of all, there's people who will never seek counsel. They just don't. They don't ask anybody, and they don't want anybody offering. You ladies can relate to this. It's kind of like us guys when we're driving, and you think we're lost. Why don't you stop and ask somebody? 
I don't think I need to. Well, you're lost. No, I'm just taking a longer way around. I know exactly where I am. But we don't tell them where I am is sitting in this car trying to find out where I'm supposed to be. Some people don't want to hear anything. Group number one. Seeking counsel is for the purpose of receiving advice, getting direction, or getting help in making life's decisions. And a lot of people, I hate to say most people, but it seems like would rather do their own thing instead of asking counsel. But there's another group, and that's a group, I'll put it this way, who will seek wrong counsel. What do you mean? They're willing to ask people's advice, but they ask it of the wrong people. I'll say a little more about that later. Then there's another group, and boy, as a pastor, I deal with this. These are the people who want counsel, they say. They ask advice, but then they don't follow it. And being transparent with you, those people drive me crazy. I'm willing to give time, and I'm willing to give energy, and I'm willing to try to help people. But if you're not going to pay any attention to, to what I say, why even bother? And then, well, this third group. I said, why do they even bother? Well, I think, number one, they really believe and understand it, it's the right thing to do. I've got this big decision. You know, the pastor's always saying we need to counsel. And, and I, I really need some help in sorting this out. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm going to seek some counsel. And then these same people, they, they ask for counseling. And their idea is, I'm going to come and get counseling so whoever I'm counseling with, the pastor or some godly Christian, is going to agree with what I want to do, and then I'll have assurance. It don't always work that way. But thankfully, there's one more group. And that's people who sincerely seek good advice, Good counsel. 
And then they follow it. These are people who, listen carefully. These are people who realize they do not have all the answers. And they need help. I said listen carefully because right there's the problem with most of us. We have this idea, I don't need to talk to anybody, I already know. This fourth group is people who When they come to you, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. When they come to you, they don't come to tell you what they're going to do. They come to ask you, what's your advice about what I'm thinking of doing? Let me say it another way. This is the group of people who don't come with their mind made up. They're coming with open minds. They're coming with sincere desire to get the advice, to maybe get another point of view, to, to get what somebody else might see to help them. To help them not to make a mistake, to help them to make a right decision, to help them in handling a situation the proper way, whatever it might be. And you know, what's amazing about these folks is they're sincere and they're really going to try to follow the advice they get. Now, I said in my prayer that the counsel people need from us, not our opinions, not how we feel about things, need counsel from God's word. Now, first of all, as a people, we should be in the Word. And we should have a working knowledge of what God's Word says about many things. And then when we go to someone, a godly person, who gives us counsel and they use the Word of God, it reinforces for us Basically, what we already knew. I've said many times about people coming to me for counseling. And again, I'm, I'm glad to do that. But understand this. When you come to me, you're going to get the word of God. You may not like it. You may say, I don't agree, whatever. 
But the principles, the precepts, the things that I'm going to share with you is what I believe are found in the Bible. Because that's what we need. And you know, pastors should be one of your counselors. I believe that with all my heart. But so also can be godly parents. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I never had godly parents to go to. I, the truth is this, when, when I needed any kind of advice, I had one older brother that I would go to. Now, he wasn't a Christian at the time, he, but he, I felt, was the most level-headed and the most, I guess, open-minded um, that I could trust. But I didn't have mom and dad to go to. They didn't, could never say, well, the Bible says this or the Bible says that or open the Bible and hear No. Consequently, made a lot of mistakes. Young people, mom and dad know more than you think. And they're good people to counsel with. Maybe grandparents. Maybe teachers. I would encourage our teenagers, if they need advice, to see me or see Pastor Meyer. I believe I have full confidence in him and his ability to counsel. And even some of our friends who are true friends that we know are godly people, we may go to them. So once again, let me reiterate this. As a pastor, I believe seeking godly counsel when needed, is absolutely vital. I have in my own life both at times sought counseling when I needed advice and I've been on the other side of giving counsel when asked. And get, I'll define counseling here in a minute, but I want you to understand what counseling is not. Godly counseling is not where one individual tells another individual, absolutely, this is what you need to do, unless it's right spelled out in the Bible. See, normally when you have to do counseling with people, it's because they're not quite sure what the biblical principle or precept that they should be applying is. 
If things are spelled out clearly in the Bible, then we can say dogmatically. For instance, if a young lady came to me who wanted to marry an unsaved young man, I would say dogmatically, no, you can't do that. But that's not my opinion. That's God's word. By the same token, if a godly Christian came to me and said, my company's offered me a position so-and-so, um, should I take it? Well, the Bible doesn't spell out. So what do I do? Well, I begin to give him things to look at. Is there a good church? Is your family in agreement? Is this a, a step up? Or, uh, and we would begin looking at the issues. But ultimately, it would be his decision or her decision. I just try to give him the tools to make it. I said all that. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I heard a pastor say from his own lips, big Baptist church, and he counseled people all the time. If I remember correctly, after every service, he went right to his office, and people would actually line up outside his office for counseling. A lot of his people wouldn't make a move of any sort without counseling. Now, I said it's good to counsel, but you know, you don't have to ask the preacher what color shirt to wear tomorrow. You know what I'm talking about. But at any rate, this preacher would counsel after every service. He'd have people lined up, and if I understood it correctly, he gave people like 15 minutes. They would come in, they would tell him what their dilemma is, summarized. And he would tell them what to do. They had a Bible college, and, and I spoke to students who had opportunities to go different places, and, and they would go counsel with the preacher. Should I go or shouldn't I? And he'd tell them yes or no. I think that's a dangerous thing. Personally, I think it leans towards cultism. <laughs> so I do not practice that. I wouldn't be comfortable with that. You with me? I remember when I was looking for a Bible college. I went to Pastor Fadena. I actually went several times. But I went and told him, you know, I believe God wants me to go to Bible college and be full time in the ministry, and he was rejoicing. 
And he said, you need to start looking for a Bible college. Well, listen, I was living in Fairless Hills. Philadelphia College of the Bible was like three miles down the road. No brainer. I can keep my good job. My wife can keep her job. We can keep our beautiful home. And I can stay active in my church. And I can go to college at night. Or... And I went to him and I said, what about going there? Now, he didn't say no. He said, well, you can do that. But I don't think you're going to be happy there. And he explained to me why. I had to make the decision. Then somebody came to me and said, well, there's this uh, uh, school up here in New York. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh, you don't happen to know it, do you? Right over the New York border. Started with a P. Anyway, they wanted me to go there. Well, I could stay in Pennsylvania and just drive over the New York border there and go to school. And I wouldn't have to move all, all the way Wisconsin where I was looking at or whatever. Once again, my pastor said, no, I don't think so. I counseled with the head of the deacons. He likewise gave me advice, but he didn't tell me what to do. I think that's important. All right, let me get moving here. Counsel. The dictionary says it's advice or instruction given upon request or otherwise for directing the judgment or conduct of another. Advice given upon deliberation or consultation. In the Hebrew, it simply means advice, prudent advice. Well, let's look at some, some things about this thing of counsel. Number one, look at the warnings in Proverbs. Go to 19. Proverbs 19, verse 20. It says, hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. I think it's pretty self-explanatory there. A person has to listen to advice, and a person has to receive it. An instruction so that we can acquire wisdom for our future. Here, it says, hear counsel. Again, that don't mean just hear with your ears. Hear with your heart. Listen. That word here there reminds me of 
You've probably never done this. But getting your kid by the cheeks and saying, listen to me. Because so often we, we say things to them to, to advise them and to help them and they're not listening. I think God says to us, hey, listen to me. You need to listen to counsel and receive instruction. Don't walk away from it and say, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They just don't know the whole situation or whatever. Receive it. Think about it. Contemplate it. Don't just discount it. Well, that's just your opinion. Okay. Look at Proverbs 18. Verse 15. It says the heart. Stop right there. It doesn't say the ear. It says the heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. The heart. The heart. Gets it. And the wise person seeks it. I don't know about you. But I would really. Really like to think of myself as striving to be a wise person. I don't always hit the mark. I was at the store the other day. My wife told me to pick up something. And I picked it up and I brought it home, never realizing I picked up the wrong thing. That wasn't wise. But I strive to be wise. I don't want to be a fool. Probably neither do you. Go to Proverbs 12. Verse 15. Here's one of the biggest obstacles when we have to counsel somebody. It says... The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. So many times, people have already decided they're right. 
You know, it reminds me of the song in our hymnal, I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved. I'm going to come and I'm going to let you talk to me, but I already made up my mind. And I'm right. We all love to think that we're right. But notice the wording. The fool is right in his own eyes. And look what else it says. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Don't think you know everything. A lot of people are know-it-alls. They think they have all the answers. They need no advice. I remember very well when we had a school. And when we had more teenagers than we have now. And I could give you a list of several teenagers who I counseled with who fit that bill. I couldn't tell them anything. I saw them going in the wrong direction. I saw that what lie, what lie ahead for them was going to be difficulty and hurt and heartache because of their attitudes. They wouldn't listen to me. You know, over the years, I've heard back. It's cost them. Some of them still think they know it all. If I told you some of the things they've experienced, you'd say, boy, they're a slow learner. Other people can have things to offer us. We don't know it all. The wise person understands, I don't know everything about everything. And to be honest with you, sometimes that's, Sometimes it's really hard to accept that somebody else knows something we don't know. I was thinking about this. There have been times when I've been working on something mechanically. I'm not having much success. And along comes my wife, and she's watching, and she says, did you try that? And I'm thinking, I'm a mechanic. I mechaniced in a factory for 15 years. I fixed my cars. I fixed buses. I fixed tractors. I f uh, you asked me to. And then just to appease her, I do it and it works. 
And God says, see, you don't know everything. Don't laugh, women. You do that. Uh, how about if you're in the kitchen cooking, making, making a special meal that you make, and he comes in and tells you, no, you need to do it this way. You're telling me how to cook? Maybe somebody knows something. Then we need to learn to accept counsel. We're back to Proverbs 11, 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. When we reject wise counsel and godly counsel, it's going to cause us to fall. That has the idea of failing. I don't like to fail. I like to succeed. I'm sure you've had the experience. I have. Somebody's given me some advice. I didn't follow it. And I failed. And I thought to myself, I should have done what they said. Hmm? A few years ago, I had a Chevy Envoy car. And one day the water pump started leaking. So I called Mike the mechanic. I said, Mike, my water pump's leaking. How much to replace it? Uh, probably $300. I said, <laughs> there's a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money. I said, okay, thanks. So I called the auto parts store. I said, how much is a water pump for my envoy? Guy came back. He said, I don't know, $98 or something. I thought, well, I thought I can do it myself. I've done them before. Now it's February. It's cold. But I'm thinking, I've done them before. I've done them in a couple of hours. I bring the car over here. I bring my toolbox. And I start taking it apart. And I'm doing real well. Till I discover there's a big nut on the back of the fan that I don't have anything to reach it with. I scrounged around, I found a big adjustable wrench I had, but it wouldn't go on. So I went to the auto parts store and I said, Do you have anything to take that water pump? Oh, yeah, we got a special wrench. Well, how much is that? That's $20. I'm going to do this one time in my life, but okay, I'll spend it $20. I'll come back. Still can't get it off. Beat on a wrench with a hammer, tug on it, pull on it. A couple of hours. I called Josh Hunsinger. Josh is a little bigger than I am. He comes over, he beats on it. 
Finally, when it's getting dark, now I start at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's getting dark, and I get the fan on. Now I can take the water pump off. Next morning, I come over, I take the water pump off, I put the water pump on, I put everything back together, I go to put the lines back in the transmission where they're supposed to go, and one of them strips out. I call the auto parts store. Do you have a tap? I tell him what I did. He said, you can't tap that. What do you mean I can't tap that? No, that's aluminum. You can't tap that. What do I do? You got to buy a new radiator. <laughs> hey, buddy, how much is a new radiator? Oh, that's $150. When can I have it? Thursday. Now my car is sitting. Thursday I get the radiator, put it in, put everything back together. When I add it all up, I spent about $400 on everything, antifreeze and the whole nine yards, and three or four days. And I'm thinking, I should listen to Mike. there. I should listen. We need to accept counseling. And in many instances, it's, it's good to see a multitude of counselors. Now, you got to be careful here because you can get into confusion. Be careful who you're counseling with. Don't just go to anybody that comes to church and assume they're a godly Christian they're going to give you good advice. And don't play this game that so many Christians play. I need advice about this. And I know so-and-so agrees with me about, so I'm going to ask them. No, make sure your counselors are impartial. They're not just going to take your side because you're their friend. You know, a real friend tells you the truth. A real friend don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you the truth. Rejecting counsel can bring great disappointment. Proverbs 15, 22. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they were established. That disappointed has the idea of not achieving what you want to achieve. Not working out like you want it to work out. And then the sources of counsel. Well, number one, there's the Lord. I've been preaching on prayer Sunday morning. 
You say, how long are you going to do that until God lets me do something else? I'm serious. I've never been in this position. But I'm here as long as he wants me there. Prayer is the first counseling we should do. See, it's when God don't give us clear direction that we, we, we start seeking godly counselors. Hello? And so our first place ought to be, Lord, help me. Show me. And in most instances, if you're really sincere, he will. I think the reason a lot of people don't want to counsel with God in prayer is because they're afraid of the answer he's going to give them. A lot of people don't want to be told no, especially in our society today. But sometimes God will tell you no. Sometimes we have to wait. I believe one of the hardest things a Christian will do in their life is wait on the Lord. Because we're all human and we want answers now. I know I do. It's very difficult when God's not giving me answers. We need to pray about things. Look at Proverbs 19, 21. I found this verse very interesting. It says, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. I don't know what interpretation you get. I know what I get out of that. We think a lot of things in our heart. We think things should be this way, and we think we ought to do this, and we... I don't mean to be unkind, but you know, it really don't matter. What do you mean? It really don't matter because what you think isn't important. It's what God thinks. God's advice is going to stand. He says there, many devices in a man's heart. 
And I looked that up, and as best I could tell, it's talking about thoughts and ideas and plans and plots and purposes and all that. But none of it's for certain. James tells us we don't know what tomorrow brings. Proverbs tells us we don't even know if we have tomorrow. But what God says is absolute. It's going to stand. Look at 2130 right across the page. This is something I wish was posted in one-foot letters in the Oval Office. And right in front of Nancy Pelosi's seat in the House and in the Senate, big letters, so that these people would understand this. 2130. There is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. In other words, there, there's no going against God. There's no getting around, avoiding going against God and being successful. That's where America is right now. We're going against God. And I've read this book enough to know what God says about those who go against him. It don't work out well. I said earlier, America needs revival. I think that's her only hope. Getting back to God. I don't believe there's a politician in this, in this world who can straighten out the mess that America's in right now. Morally, How do we stop the homosexual crowd from practicing now publicly? Now that it's been accepted. How do you close all the gambling casinos and take all the gambling off the internet? How do you stop selling the liquor? We could go on and on. I personally think we're too far down the road. But see, with God, all things are possible. Now, what's it going to take? Revival of God's people? 
Some of you have learned a lesson. Some of you are still in school. It don't pay to fight God. That's the long and short of it. It don't pay. Better let him have his way. Better to enjoy the blessings of obedience than to try to fight God and have your way. God is not going to change. He's not going to back up. He's not going to back down. He's not going to apologize and say, oh, my word's too harsh. No. He's going to stand right where he's always stood. You know, Pharaoh tried to fight God. How'd that work out? I remember the story of Gideon. I remember the, the story of Sennacherib and his bunch. On and on we could go. How'd that work out for them? More recent days, I I believe with all my heart that the axis of World War II tried to fight God. Hitler was killing his chosen people. If you look at all the facts, the Axis should have won that war. I mean, I'm not for them, but fact-wise, Germany alone. Listen, Germany prepared for years before we ever even got involved. They had some of the most technologically advanced for that day, military equipment. And Japan right behind them. And they had built up their forces and they had prepared their ammunition and uh, uh, factories and all that. They, they, and here we come along, Pearl Harbor happens, and now all of a sudden we've got to get it in gear. England was being devastated. Italy had already gone over the other side. Germany had Europe. The Japanese were taking the Pacific. But they overlooked one thing. They were fighting against God. I read an account of the Normandy invasion and 
just a little bit about it. But the long and short of it was, this writer was saying this, that Hitler had all the power, the Allies had landed on Normandy, and the Germans were pushing them off the continent of Europe. They had them pinned down on the beach. The Panzer divisions were rolling over in that direction to finish the job. But a strange thing happened. Somewhere in their logistics, the Germans had overlooked the need for the tanks to be refueled. And they stalled. Which gave the Allied forces opportunity to penetrate and get a foothold. And it was history from there on. Now you can think that's just happenstance, but I don't. You don't fight God and win. Nobody ever has. Many oppose him and many think they can get away with it, but he's still on the throne and they're gone. Ask Belshazzar. Let's be people who look for godly advice, counsel. Don't just make up your mind. Number one, seek God's wisdom and God's advice. And number two, seek the godly wisdom and advice of godly people who can help you. Don't think you know it all. Father, thank you. Thank you for godly wisdom. And the warnings you give us about counseling. Help us to heed it. Often we desperately need it. And help us to hear. Pay attention. And make the application that needs to be made. And thank you. Though many have tried to fight against you, no one has ever succeeded or will ever succeed. We ask you now to be with us as we go. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.